there. I'm Amy Spropolis, guest hosting for Byron Tyler on assignment for Bot Radio Network in Branson, Missouri. Be sure and join Byron next week to hear some exciting shows, things you and your family can enjoy on vacation this summer in Branson. Here's a question for you. What does the word integrity mean? My great-grandmother used to say a good test of a person's character is what they will do when no one is looking. For example, how do you act when you don't get that job promotion? What is your reaction when someone cuts you off in traffic? When you are forced to bend, do you break, snap under pressure? Well, that's what we're talking about today. Our guest is Jeff Trotter, the man behind Bend, Don't Break. And don't, by the way, is D-X-N-T. More than a brand, it is a relentless state of mind. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, Amy, how you doing? How you I doing? am good. Thank you so much for being with us no, today. Thank you. thank you. It's a blessing. Absolutely. I want to ask you first off how Bend, Don't Break came to be. It is more than a brand. It is really that state of mind. I was at a very challenging season of life it was about 2016 I remember working at Hamilton High School with some kids with the Memphis Athletic Ministries it's a pretty rough area a lot of crime a lot of poverty and you know, I was just um, going through some things at the time and I was talking to one of my kids actually his name was Mario Dawkins I was telling Mario I'm working on some music and I'm working on some things and I'm looking for a name that would connect with some of the young people here like you know what should I name it And I gave him a couple of different names, but Ben Don't Break was one of the names that stuck out to him. The reason it was on that list to choose from in the beginning is because in that season of life where I had all of these different things going on, family issues, financial issues, and and health issues, I felt like God was telling me, Jeff, I'm doing something. And if you stay low, you'll be in the right place. Just stay low. I'm working on something. You will be hard-pressed to break something. That is already humbly broken before the Lord. So he's just saying, stay low and you'll be amazed at what I do with your broken pieces. So Ben Don't Break really stuck out to me and my kids chose Ben Don't Break as well. So we said, all right, man, we're going to run with it. I love that. Many times in Western Christianity, we get tagged as being spiritually soft. It's interesting because when you study the Bible, you see that churches thrive under persecution. We've seen that in the Ukraine, in Sudan, India, China, other countries in the Eastern Hemisphere. I think that's an interesting point to bring up. And, you know, at least in my life, when I've been under pressure, it's sometimes easier to just stay in it and, you know, not maybe go through it or walk through it. But Mm. if we have Jesus... Yeah, every time I'm challenged with complaining about my hardship or worrying, right, anxiety and depression and uh, those numbers skyrocketing especially over the past two years whenever i'm challenged with that i always look at the believers that went before us and the examples that we see in the bible like in hebrews 11 or uh, you look at the life of paul being Mm. you know shipwrecked and 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 beaten uh and lashed you know 39 times 39 is the number that they stopped right before the point of taking your life and paul had been through so many different things so i look to those examples to see the matriarchs and the patriarchs that literally ran the race with endurance uh, because of the the calling of Christ Jesus and the goal that was set before them, and they ran through the tape. Mm. So I wanted something, like I said, with Ben Don't Break, that was a saying of resilience and spiritual toughness. Here in America, we have resources and things galore. You know, we live in a point-click generation. You get on 
you know, your apps on your phone and order whatever you want. And instantaneously. <laughs> instantaneously. Yeah. Well, just so many things that we take for granted that other people don't have. And um, it's a blessing to be here. But at the same time, when you get used to comfort and, you know, it can make certain muscles weaker, like yes. like muscle atrophy. Right. Yes. So if we don't have the struggles and attention that some other places have, then you, you may have muscle atrophy where you're not exercising that muscle as right. much as far as that dependency muscle. I'm going to back up a little bit, Jeff, because I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. You played basketball and really had a dream to go <laughs> professional. Yeah, you know what's funny? Here in Memphis, Tennessee, I just graduated from this program called Nexus. And Kimmins Wilson is one of the founders behind that program. And uh, so many other people have put countless hours into that program. But I got a chance to reconnect with Coach Lionel Hollins. Yes. You know, the father of this grit grind era yes, that we've sir. had here in, in Memphis. And I, I told him, Coach Hollins, man, I got to get a video snippet of, of you telling everybody I was good enough to play for your team. You know, so you you're can take, so my, <laughs> take my street cred up. I love it. But, um, yeah, so I played basketball through high school and college. I went to Robert Morris University. But honestly, Amy, I wasn't good enough to be considered for the NBA until I moved to Memphis. The reason being is because I bumped into Penny Hardaway, and Penny took me under his wing. He started training me, and I, I just saw uh, leaps and bounds, like just growing exponentially under his tutelage. And I ended up going to the NBA Developmental League, and during that stretch I was practicing with the Memphis Grizzlies with Mike Conley and yeah. Rudy Gay and Zach Randolph. Zach is a buddy of mine from, from back in Atlanta, actually. We had the same uh, skills coach in Atlanta. So just to reconnect with those guys and to get to know Coach Hollins and everything. But during my time in the NBA Developmental League, I fractured my ankle. Wow. And I really, really wrestled with what to do next. God, are, are you closing the door? Is it time to persevere? You know, um, I'm talking resilience now, right? Like, yes, hey, am I, am I pushing through this? What are, what are we doing? Are you moving me in a different direction? Because if I get a word from the Lord, I want to run as hard as I can, as long as I can, until he points me in a different direction. Mm -hmm. So I felt like that door was shut, and I was saying, hey, am I trying to plow through this door? Are you sure that it's shut, God? Are you sure about this one, or am I going a different direction? And I prayed, and the thing that I saw was, in this world, you have consumers, small business, big business, and investors. And the Lord showed me a trajectory in my own life that he had started. He said, he who began a good work in you, will be faithful to complete it to the end, to the coming of Christ Jesus. And he said, Jeff, you were lost. You were a consumer. And you had to come to other believers and take, 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 take of their fruit. Wow. And now I moved you into small business where I'm developing you and I'm using you. And now you're working with the Memphis Athletic Ministries. And you go from the parachurch ministry to church ministry. And then you have what I call the OGs like a, a Soup Campbell and uh, Brother Herb Hodges, God rest his soul. You know, that have invested faithfully into other men, even Kim Wilson, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. investing in other people, investing in them. So God showed me the trajectory that he was taking me on. So I went back to MAM after that and dove in for about 10 years. Wow. What a story. And in the midst of all this, too, your parents, great role models and influences mm. in your life, also planted the love of music. Yeah, yeah. So you have such a gift of the arts as well. Yeah, I definitely need to uh, mention my parents. Please, Shout out to please. my mother and that <laughs> trotter down in Atlanta, Georgia. Ma, I love you. 
I, I mean, I even love their story me. because they met. Yeah, as teenagers. Well, yes. well, actually, they met younger. So my dad moved from Cincinnati to Atlanta with his mother. And he met my mom when they were in about the fifth grade. Wow. And uh, when he met, he actually told her, you're going to marry me someday. He told her that. Yeah, and, oh, and, I just but, got chills. But her, her first thing to him was... You must think you cute or something. That's what she. T- <laughs> I <laughs> That's love she told that. Me. You must think you're cute, honey. All right. Oh. But they've been married ever since. It's going on forty two or forty three years. Wow. What yeah, a testimony me. there. Yeah. And, and had how many children? Six. Yeah. Wow. So five biological: Rick, Ryan, Jeff, Justin, and Crystal. My late sister, Crystal Crosland Trotter. We miss you, Chris. Love you. She uh, just passed in in the year twenty twenty. Wow. Yeah. But and that was a hard time. That oh, was yeah. a dark time. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very. But um, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Amen. Amen. And, you know, speaking of that, the Lord inspires us through things that we walk through. Mm-hmm. And um, you talked a little bit about losing family members. And through that, you have gotten great inspiration. Tell me a little bit about Dana. Tell yeah, me a little oh bit about Dana. Oh, my gosh. What? what? Yeah. How do I, you know, how do you capture the ocean with a, a water bottle? You know, Oh, wow. Like my father, he grew up with his mother. She was a young teenage mother. And because she was a young teenage mother, she grew up with her sisters and, and their family. So my, my dad grew up with his cousins as siblings. Mm. So my uncle Lloyd was like my dad's brother. Okay. And Lloyd Trotter, he passed uh, early on. He and his wife, my auntie Shark, they both passed early. So... My cousin that you mentioned, Dana, she grew up with us like siblings, Mm -hmm. uh, her and her younger brother, Lloyd. So Dana and Lloyd were my cousins slash siblings. Okay. All right. So we grew up together. Well, Dana had a lot of health problems. Uh, She was in and out of the hospital battling with diabetes, uh, congestive heart failure. Uh, She had a fluid uh, retention issue. Oh, wow. And she had over 23 different surgeries. And for us to talk about this, it's crazy because this is so fresh. This is just like... Recently, yes. like within the last week. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but Dana was a phenomenal educator. She loved the Lord with all her heart. I, I went to Cincinnati to go see her because she was having a problem with dialysis, where she ran into a situation where the nurse kind of fumbled some things with her port when she was trying to perform the procedure with the dialysis. And she started uh, bleeding profusely. Mm. And the nurse wanted to go get help. And Dana said, no, no, because I'm going to bleed out. You're not going to leave me. You're not going to leave me. She said, come here. She said, I can tell you how to do it. Just calm down. Relax. I can tell you how to do it. Oh, and she coached stars. the nurse through, you know, fixing her port. But I think somewhere in and around that incident, you know, Dana really got tired and weary mm. with the whole process and just doing that day in and day out. And she was tired with it. So she said, you know, I don't want to do the dialysis anymore. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said, OK, Miss Trotter, we respect your decision, but we do have to inform you that if you if you don't go on with it, you probably only have about a week to live. So Dana called the family. You know, she brought us all together and told us the news and uh, we couldn't do anything but respect it. Over 20 something different surgeries. Uh, she had both legs amputated. Oh, my gosh. Uh, she's lost both parents. She's been through a horrible divorce uh, from uh, physical abuse and emotional abuse. And, it, you know, it was just it was a lot. And she was only 39 years old. Oh, like, my stars. Right. So 39 years old and uh, already walked through that. Yeah. So she was in the hospice uh, called Madeir in, out in Cincinnati, Ohio. And, you know, I, I got to visit her. We had a recognition of life service with her. 
mm. you know, before we, we, we sat down with her and everybody gave her her flowers, wow. just told her how much uh, we loved her and appreciated all of the, the wisdom and, and, and the service and, the, you know, everything. And she's in tears and everybody's in tears and we're passing tissues around and everything. And uh, Dana's just a, a big jokester, man. She never allowed her joy to be stolen from those things. Wow. Kept a big smile. She'd burst out at any given moment singing a song. But Sunday, just last Sunday, she preached a sermon to the elderly in the hospice. We we sat down and I said, Danny, you know, the one thing that you can't do in heaven is evangelize because <laughs> because the, the, the people that are going to be there are there already. Right. right, right. So I'm like, you can't evangelize in heaven. So I'm telling her, like, hey, hey, sis, if I'm going to go out, I'm going out swinging. You know, and so she preached a message based on something that we were talking about. And I'm going to tell you exactly what it was. It was a part of what I have in my message with Ben Don't Break. But the pressure that you're under, the suffering, the things that you go through, the pressure isn't there to crush you. It's merely a tool to make you stronger. So that's what she based her message off of. Because if, if you think in the picture of going to the gym, right, you go to the gym because you believe by going to the gym, I will be Stronger. I can get stronger by lifting these weights. Yes. The weights aren't there to crush you. The weights aren't there to drag you down. The weights are there for you to exercise your faith that you could get stronger. You exercise that. You pick that weight up mm. and you put the work in and work out your own faith with fear and trembling. But at the same time, you understand that we have a helper, just like somebody spotting you or a coach, a fitness coach. The Holy Spirit knows how much we can bear. So Indeed. the weight isn't there to crush you. It's there for you to lift, for you to get stronger. And he knows how much you can bear. And when we're at our weakest moments, mm. that's when that spotter, your helper, draws in because he's near to the broken heart. And he knows how much you can bear. And he will help you lift that weight. You see what I'm saying? So she preached a message on that uh, Sunday. That's incredible. And I, I'm going to get on because I know I'm kind of babbling on you. I told no. you, should, you asked me about Dana. Uh-uh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want to hear it. Well, that was Sunday. So Monday morning, I get up uh, to get her breakfast. I run by Starbucks. I you know, order a coffee and everything. And uh, we sit down. We're having breakfast at the hospice. And she wanted to teach me how to play cards. It was a, a game called Speed. And I was asking her about the message that she preached. And she was sharing different points. And somewhere along the lines, we we got into the 23rd Psalm. And the 23rd Psalm, Amy, was the last thing that my sister Crystal left us in our family group uh, text message thread. Wow. Before she passed. So she put, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We had no idea that would be the last message we got from her. So here I am in the hospital with my sister Dana. And we're talking and I had no idea, you know, of what Dana preached about previously or whatever. But I'm just going through these different points in the 23rd Psalm, you know, that God will lead us in the paths of righteousness. It's not for our glory and our namesake, but for his namesake. So when I'm stuck at a crossroads and I don't know where to go, I can rest assured that he's going to either open some doors or close them because he has to lead me based on his word. He can't go against his word. And God, you said you will lead me in the paths of righteousness for your namesake. And we were going through the fact that you go from leading the pack. So he says, I fear not because your rod and your staff, they comfort me, you know, wow. that, but because you are with me. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and he leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Why don't we fear death? 
death is it's just transitioning. It's just passing over. Why don't we fear? Because you are with me. And you're riding your staff, they come for me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Mm. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And that part crystal left us with surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I'm going through that with Dana. And she's humbly sitting there listening to me spitting stumble over stuff. And I'm pretty sure she can preach me under a table somewhere. And I, I mean, that was pretty <laughs> darn good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like a protege to her and my father and so wow. many others that have faithfully poured into me. But uh, I had no idea she had preached that message before. So I have the message. I'm not sure if I shared the link with you. You did. But uh, yes. and she preached this message. And I was just like, she sat there and listened to me this whole time because she knew she needed it for her. So to hear it from somebody else. But she had that thing written on her heart already. I got up. It was time for me to go. I, I couldn't hold on anymore. I, I had to go on to Memphis, get back to work, and get back to my wife, uh, Whitney, and my daughter, McKinley. So I stood at the doorway, and I, I turned around, and I looked at Dana, and I said, all right, cuz, I, I got to go. I love you. And she said, I love you too, Jeff. I said, hey, I'm going to call you. You know, I'm, I'm trying to move without being super emotional, because I could have just fell apart right there. Right. I said, hey, I'm going to call you later, you know, just as if, if everything was going to be all right. But I, I kind of froze in that moment, because I knew that would be the last time that I saw her mm-hmm. uh, on this side of eternity, right? On this side yes. anyway. And by the time I drove from Cincinnati to Memphis, Tennessee, my dad shot me a text message and he said, call me. And he told me that she had passed and went on to be with the Lord. But, um, you know, I'm just looking for the grace in the crevices. And a part of God's grace in the middle of that is many people don't get to let their loved ones know Mm. what they truly think about them and how they feel for them. So we got to pour all of that out before her and to give her her flowers. And I'm just thankful to God for that moment because it makes her homegoing celebration next weekend. This is going to make a world of difference. We're going to miss her because we're sad that, that, that she's no longer with us. But at the same time, we look forward to meeting on that other side, you know, f- with those that have gone before us. That is, some you know, for some people, the, the, the resurrection is more than just the theory. It's more than just a theory. It's not just, you know, words on the page and just doctrine and theology. But this is something that we hold on to. I'm counting on mm. every word that Jesus said being true, you know. But, but yeah. That's powerful, Jeff. And I love when you share that because that is really the premise behind Ben Don't Break. And I love this, too, because you really have a heart to reach all generations. You spoke about your daughter and as a dad, you realize that that is very important mm. to link those generations together and have something for your daughter to carry on to her generation. Mm. I think that's really important. I also want to talk, too, about Ben Don't Break, and I see you wearing your shirt. I mean, it's a clothing <laughs> line, and you even created a shoe, right? Yes, yes. Uh, that's very cool. Yes, we've made a shoe and a partnership with a company out in Italy. And recently, I met my quota as far as selling the shoes. To God be the glory for yeah, that, my yeah. friend. Oh, amen. And we'll, we'll be celebrating Ben No Break making it to a national publication. We got our first article in GQ magazine. Wait, say that so. again. Hold on. That was a chill <laughs> butt moment for me. You did what now? We got our first international publication in GQ. Wow. And I'm the type of person, Amy, and you know me, you know, behind the scenes. I'm the type of person that's always thinking, what's next? What's next? Lord, what's next? I'm trying to follow the Spirit's promptings and I'm running. And my wife told me, you know, you need to slow down and actually celebrate this. Like many times you pray for things and you work and, and you sometimes we forget to praise God and to thank God for the results. 
And people will forget God once they get what they actually pray for. Right. So we will, you know, take some time to celebrate that because that's a big deal for me. That's a huge deal. deal, That's a huge deal. Praise God. And I want to talk about this because also Ben Don't Break is really addressing social issues. You know, you're providing resources for mental health, which mm-hmm. is a huge thing. I mean, mm-hmm. before, during, and after now, we're on the other side of the pandemic. But I think a lot of things came to light. Uh, depression, suicide, you know, financial literacy. You're talking about those things, even criminal justice reform through activism. So let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, people realize during the pandemic that that struggle, that mental health struggle is very real. And, you know, for me as a mom, I worry about that passing that on to my kids, you know, Mm -hmm. dealing with alcoholism, drug addiction. I mean, it's very real and alive in our society, Jeff. Yeah, my mother was an educator. Uh, My sister Crystal was an educator and my sister Dana as well. And Throughout my time here in Memphis, I I spent uh, about 10 years with the Memphis Athletic Ministries. So when you talk about working with kids, I've seen the fruit and the benefits of it firsthand where those children a lot of times become like, you know, family, like surrogate, you know, uh, brothers and sisters. And, you know, they just they 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 feel just like family. And sometimes you need somebody to just process with. Yes. Uh, Many times they have teachers or different organizations. People talk to the kids. But nobody really talks with them, you know, where they feel like I'm being preached to or somebody's teaching me something and giving me information. But nobody's really talking with me and hearing my perspective or hearing my heart. So I understand the power of having mentors and how it takes a village to raise a child. I really want to see other mentorship programs, you know, starting here in Memphis, because this our mission is Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. So since God has me planted here in Memphis, seeing the other mentoring programs bolstered and Mm. supported and you know where where they have vetting processes for the people that they bring in the coaches and and so on and so forth but how do we support those missions even more uh, because we see the importance of it as far as mental health my wife is phenomenal. I'm going to take a second to brag on Whitney I'm so Trotter. glad because I would have <laughs> bragged on her myself. Y'all are like a power couple. But it's a beautiful thing. Whitney is a registered nurse, a registered dietitian, registered yoga instructor. But she right now she's getting her doctorate as a psychiatric nurse practitioner with UT Health Science. And Whitney was uh, a part of the, the founding team of RestoreCorps, the first human trafficking nonprofit in the state of Tennessee. Yes. And... Uh, she really has a heart for working with the victims and she wanted to take it to another level. And she says, Hey, if I'm a psych nurse practitioner, I can write prescriptions and I can deal with them even on a deeper level than the way that I was serving them before. As far as Whitney's niche and her expertise, I'm saying, Hey, you know, this is great, but you're only one person. You only have so many hours that you can divvy out. How can we scale this? Because the demand is so great. So the effort in that is putting together different webinars. We're doing a conference that's coming up October 7th and 8th at Hope Church Memphis. I appreciate Hope so much for just uh, having our backs and supporting us in it. And we'll be bringing some special guests out. But we'll have a panel of clinicians and pastoral references where the young adults can text in their questions and they can answer, um, you know, accordingly as the moderator navigates everything. And then we'll have some workshops as well. October 7th and 8th, we'll have the first annual Ben yes. Don't Break Summit. I love that. Yeah. 
And it's going to really be a team effort, right? Because you're bringing a lot of folks together that can really talk about this and address things like we said, anger management, healthy relationships with food. And, you know, I have learned through, and I've been very transparent about my struggle with alcoholism, been in recovery, to God be the glory, eight years I have sober. I often feel like there's such a stigma that is attached with mental health. And I'm really glad you said this because Hope Church is actually where you're working now. Yes, ma'am. Tell me what you're doing there. So my position title is called Special Projects Assistant to the Senior Pastor. I work directly with Pastor Rufus Smith. Who is amazing. Oh, man, he is phenomenal and been such a blessing, a a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. You know, I just sit back and take notes, you know, as as I'm in the room with him. And I'm just blessed to be a fly on the wall in a lot of the meetings. That basically means whatever he needs me to do, I'm the guy, you know, and I am very good with that because I get to glean and I get to learn. But one of my main jobs was starting a business apprenticeship program. Looking for a way to get millennials more involved in the church. Church attendance had been below 50% for the first time in decades, and not just at Hope, but across the board. So we're saying, how do we get more of the millennials involved? And I started thinking, you know, of myself, hey, I'm a millennial. What would I like? You know? Yes. And I'm saying, usually you go to one space for professional development and business, right? And then you go to another space for the spiritual you know, whether that's seminary or a program like Downline Ministries, you go to these two different spaces. But it, when you have a church like Hope, like I said, a wealth of knowledge, you have people that have been there, done that, got the T-shirt, been running successful yes. practices for years. They sold practices and they just have so much wisdom and they're looking for outlets to give back. So I'm like, man, why wouldn't I want to get it? In one place, if I can get both in one place. Absolutely. A one-stop shop. Yeah. So you build that relational capital. You know, we have so much to talk about. The thing that I really like about it is that as far as professional development, they don't just key in on the job that you have currently mm-hmm. as a young adult. What are your dreams, your aspirations, your goals? How are you marking those downs and, and tracking your progress and teaching them how to focus and to concentrate? So it's not just about where you are, but where you're headed and what God is doing and how he's shaping you and molding you and leading you. And it's called Prolifics. Prolifics with an X. (laughs) For some reason, I like the X. It gave it a little uniqueness. Well, Jeff Trotter, thank you so much for being with us. And by the way, you can send them an email. Look them up online, right? Your website. Right. So my website is bendontbreak.com. And remember, the don't has an X in it. And my wife's website is whitneytrotter.com. One more time, just to brag on Whitney. She is a, a registered dietitian, and she has a private practice called Bluff City Health, where she That's works wonderful. with eating disorders and helping people have healthy relationships with food. So she's just phenomenal. A power couple doing power things. Jeff, thank you so much for being with us. Again, I'm Amy Squaropolis, guest hosting for Byron Tyler on assignment for Bot Radio Network in Branson, Missouri. Remember to join Byron next week to hear some exciting shows for things that you and your family can enjoy on vacation this summer in Branson.